This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geek show number 573 with guest Dan LeFebvre, recorded on May 18th, 2023. Here on Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find news reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Carlson, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in a beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. I know I'm in a hoodie, but it's outside mowing the lawn today. I just, Sarah keeps the air conditioning pretty chilly in the house, so I threw a hoodie on. Beautiful weather. Of course, we post the show with some world-class show notes out at TheAverageGuy.tv. Of course, this episode affiliate sponsor, Nespresso. Use the code. We've been talking about it, MQU328. Use that code. Get $40 off your first machine if you don't have one. A free capsule dispenser and stop drinking bad coffee. Dan, Dan Lefebvre, do you drink coffee? Are you a coffee guy? And oh, yeah. how, do you, how do you get the best coffee? How do you get the best coffee? Uh, um, I have, I prefer manual right now, actually, either like a French press or um, I have an AeroPress or even just a pour over. Uh, I had machines at, uh, my daughter has an Nespresso and she absolutely loves it. Yeah. Um, I haven't had one myself. The machines that I have had since died and I've decided yeah. to go with just yeah manual. I'm going to make yeah. it. <laughs> no, right on. I, and I, it depends on the day. Sometimes I'm perking it. Yep. Sometimes I'm, I just, it most work mornings when I'm driving in, it's just easier to throw a pot in. I have oh. one of the old school machines and it's just lasting me forever. I keep hoping it'll break so I can get a new one. <laughs> That's how you get machines to last yeah. forever, right? You tell them they're going to get replaced and then they never break, right? Yeah. Yeah. My, I had a coffee machine that lasts for like 10 years and it was <laughs> it was great. And then it died. I got a new one that was going to, it, it ground the beans and it made, you know, it was like, you know, an all-in-one fancy thing. And then it died like two months later. And I was like, I'm just going to go manual. I'm yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to buy anything new right now. Yeah, <laughs> no, right on. And, may, and it's a great way to make coffee. I just, for people who are drinking bad coffee, just stop. Head over to Nespresso.com. Yep. MQU328 when you're checking out 40 bucks off that first machine and to stop drinking bad coffee. Big thanks to Marv B who joined us last week. I uh, had a lot of fun discussion around that um, as well. Always great to have on Marv. So Marv, thanks for coming back. Big thanks to our Patreon subscribers. And speaking of that, we got a voicemail from Kyle this week. Dan, uh, two weeks ago, Jay uh, Franzi was on the show. We were talking about fire pits. Hmm. You admitted it to me. You're not a fire pit guy, but you'll enjoy a friend's fire pit, right? That I will enjoy a friend's fire pit. Yes, for sure. hundred <laughs> percent. I mean, I'm, I'm down with that for sure. <laughs> the, the best kind of fire pit is a friend's fire pit. Exactly. Right, for you, and that's, that's okay. Um, but Kyle had called in. Again, if you go to po our, my pod page, which is uh, the average, no, uh, homegadgetgeeks.com is where you go. You can leave a message. Kyle left us a message, and, uh, and Dan, I'm going to ask you what you think, too. Here's Kyle's message. Hey, I was listening to the conversation with Jay about the fire pit, and it sounded like the area that he had to work with was kind of small. So I would just was wondering if maybe it would make more sense to put the fire pit a lot closer to the lake, and then you'd basically have like 180 degrees uh, half circle around where you could sit around it, or maybe pull it back just a little bit and have you know, 200 degrees or something, but that might give a lot more space to put. Yeah. And it's only a 32nd message. And so it stopped right there, <laughs> but I think, I think we get the point. 
you know, I built a fire pit and we go 360 around it. Kyle was like, well, if you run out of room, move the fire pit, maybe down to the lake to get a Dan in the fire pits. When you're hanging out at a friend's house, you kind of gravitate towards one side anyways. Don't you, don't you feel like that? Like what, like the non-smoke side is the one everybody ends up on. Yeah. And that side. Yeah. I mean, if it is 360, the benefit of that is if the smoke drifts, then so does everybody around yeah, it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So that is a benefit to, you know, being able to do uh 360. Yeah. Um, but you, you work with the space that you have. It's, I mean, it, if it doesn't make sense to do a 360, then I wouldn't try to force it for, yeah. I mean, if nothing else, then just safety purposes. Right. And I think I would put it, I, before I did any kind of fire pit, I would get a portable one and put it in the spot that I think I'm going to use it in smart. and then use it for a season. Yeah. It's smart. Right. Just so you kind of figure out, okay, where is the right place for this yeah. before I do it? So that's kind of what my, my parents had one. And that's kind of what they did was they did something temporary before actually building it out to be a permanent thing, like yeah. to make sure this is actually where we want it. And this is yeah. everything they did that for, for a year. Yeah. The season. Yeah. Um, that's smart. Well, and I think with mine, I mine's three foot diameter and it's pretty big. Three foot's a lot. You can get a lot of wood in there. So when you have a lot of people out there, it's great. But when you just want a small fire, like, I don't know if I want, like, I don't know if I need three feet to do a little <laughs> tiny fire. So I'm actually thinking Menards here, our big box uh, har- uh, hardware store has a, has a three foot, it, it's three foot in diameter, but it, it, um, makes it down, but it shrinks it down to a two foot inner center. So I could almost like a liner, I can lift it up and put it inside my three foot circle, but their inside liner is only two, two or 24 inches. So it would allow me to have a smaller fire when I want. And then when the kids are over, we can lift the, we can just lift it out, put it somewhere else. Mm. And, uh, and so I kind of gives me the best of both worlds. The good news, it's like 60 bucks right now. So you're like, nice. That's actually for a for a fire pit liner that'll probably last a couple of years. Yeah, sounds good. So, anyways, uh, nice. uh, yeah, Kyle, thanks for calling in. You can do that too. HomeGadgetGeeks.com. I always appreciate that. So, thanks for doing that. And Kyle, always good to hear from you. It's probably time we get Kyle on the podcast. We haven't had him on a while. So, Kyle, if you're interested, if you got something to talk about, reach out to me. And we'd love to have you on the podcast. Uh, I mentioned Dan Lefebvre is here. Oh, before I do that. Um, I bought a new solar generator this week. We're going to talk about it at the end of the show. So hang tight. We'll get to it. Um, I got some updates on that as well. Dan LeFeb is with us. Of course, Dan is from Based on a True Story Podcast at basedonatruestorypodcast.com. Been on the show a couple times. Always great to have you, Dan. Welcome back to Home Gadget Geeks. Yeah, thanks for having me back. I'm excited to chat about some of the updates since the last time. And kind of <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You, well, uh, Based on a True Story Podcast, uh, the last time you were on, you were doing just a couple shows a month, you've kind of ramped that up of mm-hmm. late. I mean, what most podcasters do less, <laughs> you're kind of doing more. Can yeah. you, I mean, was there, was there some kind of, did something change where you were like, Oh, I got to cover this stuff. But before you answer that question, give for those who don't know what based on a true story podcast is, what, what is the podcast? 
Uh, I mean, the podcast, as the name kind of implies, it's about uh, movies and adventure. It started with movies, adventure and TV shows as well. Um, and it talks about the true story behind those. So, you know, how much of Titanic actually happened or um, how much, you know, I'm, actually I'm talking about uh, Hotel Rwanda. I've got an interview around that, you know, how much of that actually happened. So the, between those two, obviously, the, ver- the topics can vary a lot as movies can, but um, try to focus on how much of a movie or TV show and, and TV shows, you know, covered like the Pacific or band of brothers and uh, things like that to um, talk about how much of them actually happened. And yeah, I have ramped up this year. That is true. <laughs> Any reason why do you just bored or did, was there- <laughs> no, <laughs> um, there's, there, there's two key reasons why. Um, the first one was I, I love do I love doing the interviews. I absolutely love that. Um, and it helps, it gives me the chance to pick the mind of an expert and, and, and somebody who has spent decades uh, focusing on it on a single topic and something that I could never do for, you know, as I mentioned, you know, so many, uh, vari- so much variety in the topics. Um, so I, I love that and I'm not going to, I don't want to stop doing that. But the downside to doing any sort of interview is a lot, it's on their schedule. And there are, def, you know, at any given time, I've got dozens of guests that are on various stages of uh, they're interested or, you know, no, but then I want to reach back out to them because later on it's a yes. I've had people I've reached back out to a year later and, you know, it was a no then because they're working on a book, but now it's a yes because they want to promote that book, things like that. So there's a lot of uh, logistics involved in that. And so I had the idea towards the end of last year to, one one thing with a history show is uh, there's, you know, this day in history. Right. And I thought it would be fun to do something that I could do without anybody else. And this kind of throws back to when I originally started the show, it was just me, you know, a narrative style with, with just myself that I wasn't doing interviews. And it was a similar reason with, with that. At that point, I started the show part-time outside of a full-time job and I couldn't do interviews because I just couldn't with my schedule. And so for another, I want to, I could still do the interviews, but I want to be able to do something that is just, just on my own, just almost kind of thrown back to the, you know, the original style of just, just myself and kind of doing a little narrative. Um, and so I had the idea of, you know, what if we looked at what happened instead of every day, cause there aren't movies that cover every single, <laughs> uh, every single day in history. I, I did some research into that and that's not really feasible for every single day of the year. Um, but every week, you know, there's there's something that gets covered. Sometimes it's obscure. Sometimes it's uh, much bigger than others. But, you know, every week there's at least something. And so that's kind of why I decided, hey, let's give it a shot. See how it goes. So you've been doing weekly episodes where you cover mm-hmm. like, hey, this week, Band of yeah. Brothers, Operation Finale, and, and Amazing Grace. Those are three topics. So you took uh, an hour's worth or maybe more worth of content and and made that available is that what you're doing you're making that available or or is it all original content it's all original content yeah so i um i fo- if it's a movie that i've covered before like those i have covered those yeah. uh band of brothers and operation finale and, yeah. and amazing grace i've covered those so i kind of default to those if i have covered the full topic because then i can say hey learn the whole true story yeah um but for the weekly episodes, I just focus on a single event. The Amazing Grace one is a good example. That's um, uh, William Moore before us with you know the abolition of slavery, and and it talks about uh, just 
one speech that he gave and it's just really just a couple minutes in the movie and the movie doesn't necessarily mention the that this is exactly when this time was sometimes the movie says this is the day and that kind of thing sometimes it doesn't but we know from watching it we know from history the the text the dialogue that is said versus you know the historical text of what was said uh that one in particular they didn't really transcribe everything but based on people who were there um you have a pretty good idea that this is what they're talking about this happened this day and so I think I think it's kind of fun to see. It's almost kind of a, in my mind, too, a historical you know movie recommendation. If you're looking for something to watch, a movie to watch this week, here's a few options of things that actually happened this week, and uh, you know, learn something new. Do you, Do you recommend they watch the movie first, then listen to your podcast, or listen to the podcast <laughs> first, then watch the movie? Uh, <laughs> I I leave that up to I, I, I'm, I leave that up to the listener. Yeah, yeah. Um, personally, I prefer to watch the movie first, um, because then I have an idea of like, as I'm in the weekly episodes, I kind of describe specifically, you know, this is the scene that we're seeing kind of get, I try to describe it as well as I can as to give almost, you know, the theater of the mind, that kind of aspect. Um, but, uh, you know, so sometimes you don't want to watch the movie. You just want to learn about the event and that's perfectly fine too. Uh, I would rather, uh, learn as much about the movie first, then go watch yeah. just my personality and yeah. then go watch it. And I actually enjoy it more like, cause I can yeah. nerd out on a little bit more and yeah. I'm like, Oh no, that's not, uh, it's interesting when Lord of the Rings came out, I mm-hmm. didn't read any of the books. And of course <laughs> that's not based on a true story, but I do have episodes on that though. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, know you do. <laughs> <laughs> but so, um, so I, I remember going to the theaters the first time and my wife who read all the books like three times, was saying, you know, whispering yeah, yeah. in my ear, okay, this is important because of this, and this is important because of that. So then we went back, and she told me all those things, and then I watched the movies again, and it was, for me, so much richer yeah. to to do it that way. So I'm not, yeah. like, I'm a guy who doesn't care if it gets spoiled. I, yeah. in fact, in some regards, I like it kind of spoiled mm-hmm. before it gets, like, like, I don't, yeah, there's some movies I go in, and I'm, um, you know, I'm kind of like when I saw Thor Ragnarok, again, not based on a true story, but when I went and saw Thor Ragnarok, I didn't know it was a comedy. I was thinking, <laughs> right. And yeah. Okay. That's the kind of surprise I really, you know, I really, yeah. I really enjoyed from a story standpoint. I'd rather kind of get all the details first and then yeah. go in and critically, I don't know, critically watch. Does that make sense? Like yeah. critically watch the movie? Oh, it definitely does. And I think even it, it depends on the movie sometimes too, because some events, uh, Titanic. You know, I use that as an example because you know one of the most popular movies of all time. Everybody knows what's going to happen. You know, I mean, maybe uh, maybe it's a spoiler to some, but th- it sinks at the end. Um, and so you know, you, you know what's going to happen. And so yeah. I could see how that would be you know beneficial to seeing knowing some of those details going into it. But maybe a movie like Amazing Grace. Um, honestly, I had never seen it before I started researching it uh years ago for the original episode and it's not really a popular movie so it wouldn't surprise me if people just haven't seen it and you want to learn more about it and then you know see it portrayed on screen so i think both ways works Uh, well and sometimes i don't mind watching the movie getting all the details about it then going back and watching it again yeah you know and it to me, that's the kind of way I uh, like to consume them. Yeah. Um, you're covering the uh, Chernobyl, which was a four-part Netflix, five-part, 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 five-part. Yep. Five, HBO is that an HBO yep. one? HBO, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, it, just give some teaser. Don't give anything away, but teaser close to, I mean, was it a pretty accurate representation? Yeah, it's pretty accurate. Okay. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty accurate. Um, the biggest thing that I've done in that series, because it was uh, so accurate, it's, I mean, there's little things here and there. Um, you know, one of the main characters, like a composite character, because there are hundreds of en- um, scientists and engineers that work on it. So yeah. that just wouldn't play well on screen, um, right. things like that. And so obviously once you ha- throw a composite character into there, uh, Kumiuk is the character I'm referring to, like uh, you, there's going to be things that are made up when you have a character that's made up, but right. there, you know, with that, the other side of it is there's just so much more detail. And so I try to throw in a lot more of that detail that is not covered because it's not one of the main characters and there, but there's just a lot more context to the story. Um, so even in situations like that, where the, the story is, accurate i mean it's yeah. a it's not a documentary it's it's still a drama and so they're still telling a story um but there's still more to tell and it was fascinating to dive into that and uh, dive into it in great detail yeah. <laughs> five episodes yeah. for each you know for each one so i, yeah. I arrived in germany um november of 86 chernobyl Ooh. happened uh earlier Ooh. in that year right june april or april, april, yeah, april yeah. Of that year. yeah yeah so at the time, this was we. They were down. The Russians were downplaying this, right? They were yeah. like, "Well, it's not that bad." And <laughs> we got it under control. Now we know now radiation spread across Europe, and yeah. and uh, and it's a good chance that I was exposed mm. uh, during that time to su- now lethal. No, absolutely, you know, I'm still here, but who knows <laughs> what kind of health effects yeah. uh, that had? But that's a very real story for me. I can't watch it. Like I can't. Mm. That's yeah. one of those I've tried watching those before those, you know, and I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I get too attacked. It, it happened in real time for I me. Get it. Yeah. Right. And and I think about these people who went in there and lost their lives heroically. Yeah. You know, we were, listen, it was a cold war. It was the height of the cold, the cold war. They were our enemy, but I go watch those things today. And I just feel for many of them who gave their lives on that day, they knew they were dead. Yep. <laughs> Right. And yep. and not only that, they were going to die horrifically and, yeah. you know, and yet they did what needed to be done to get it in the, in the situation it needed to be in. So anyways, I just have a lot. I can't watch that movie. I, just, I, I totally understand I that. Yeah. yeah. I get uh, that. It's, it's a tough, I mean, it is a tough story when you look at it from that perspective and even uh, mentioning, you know, how they were downplaying it. Um, there were some instances in my research that it was, it was it was kind of strange because they were trying to cover it up so much. There were people that were involved in the cleanup that didn't know as much mm-hmm. as people outside of the Soviet Union because news had gotten out there and they were trying to cover up so much, like and they controlled so much of the media and 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 all that that there were people who who didn't know that they were going to they didn't know they were going to they didn't know the severity of the situation yeah. until obviously yeah. it was too late. Right. Um so yeah, it was it's yeah. It is. Yeah. It's a sad it's, story. It's a very sad story. We and yes. we lived it a little bit when we were over there. But anyway, so wow. thanks for, thanks for covering that. I think certainly this is an issue not going to go away anytime soon. I, yeah. It's like ten thousand years or something before you can, <laughs> you know. And you're yeah. like, oh, well, okay, yeah, we we permanently messed that up for for quite a while. Um, yeah. Have you? Okay. So thinking about your podcast, though, you've you're doing more podcasts this year than you've done in yeah. the past. That takes a little bit. I mean, 
creating a podcast takes a ton of time. Mm-hmm. Have you found anything from an automation standpoint or a tool standpoint or to kind of help, you know, we've been spend, spending a lot of time thinking about AI, yeah. but have you found anything to kind of help you speed those up? Yeah. Um, so I've always been very templatized in my workflow to batch things out in, in how I do things. And lately, even, you know, just this year, like with doing the weekly episodes, I've been trying to find new ways to do that and take advantage of things like AI to do that. And there's two key tools that I've used. Um, and I can go into as much depth as you want to and on this because I'm still in the process of figuring it out how well it's going to work with my particular workflow because I already have an established workflow. Um, and I like to work as non-destructively as possible. And a lot of these tools don't really um, lend themselves to that. Um, but uh, initially, you know, I'll, I'll try, there's two key tools that I have found that, that do work for me. One is Descript and the other one's called uh, autopod.fm, which is a pretty new. Um, so now that I'm doing, uh, I also do video, right? And so Premiere is, is my key tool there. And what's cool is with Descript, you can import in there and then it'll cut out the filler words, which cuts out a lot of things. But when you export as a Premiere file, it just gives you the XML, which really doesn't actually do the editing. So you have the source file and then you basically have the XML that has the time codes of all the clips. And so I can go in there and start to edit that XML file to then pull off the, you know, the, the full length. I, I ran into an issue with Descript that they didn't even know about. I reached out to their support. They had a 100 gigabyte limit on files, which I record in 4K. Um, so my files go much larger than that. <laughs> um, and so I have I have to compress it down, basically use a proxy in order to get that t- those time codes and stuff. I am probably nerding out way too much on, on that. But the the ask- this is a nerd show. <laughs> That's true. (laughs) Um, So I, so yeah, so I I figured out basically if I use a proxy on on that to pretty much just get the time codes of the filler words um, and then I can pull that into Premiere and it automatically does the editing for me. And then once I do that, um, the cool thing about Autopod, which is an extension for Premiere, it cuts between different different tracks, different video tracks. Different camera angles. Different camera angles, correctly. Correct. So I have like, so you, Jim, and then myself. So I record all those uh, on separate tracks, as well as I actually have, I'm not recording right now, um, but I have a 4K camera that I use to record a a secondary track. So I can actually zoom in and out on my own, uh, which is really the same, but it's it's higher quality. So I I export at 1080. So with 4K, I I have some room there to play with. Um, And then AutoPad, uh, Autopod, I should say, uh, it uses AI to read the audio track to determine when that changes between the different people. And then it, similar to what we are used to in Zoom and all that, but it does all of that into Premiere and and cuts that automatically. So it saves a lot of time. The biggest issue that I've come across, and I haven't figured it out quite yet, I realized that I am doing a lot more episodes, so I need to get back on those before I was playing with, <laughs> finish playing with this. Um but the biggest issue that I came across is because I do multi-track, I have, yeah, that's it. Um, because I do multi-track, say the the filler words for you on your track are going to be different than on my track. Uh, yeah, and yeah. so those time codes don't match up. So my thought process is uh, I use a, a tool, I have used a tool in the past called Beyond Compare that uh, compares text files and, and you can merge them together. So I was thinking it's just an XML file with the time codes. I should be able to merge those together and then get all of that to, to do that. I haven't played with that 100%, but that's kind of the, the direction I'm thinking of going to help 
it's still some manual process, but mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. a lot faster to get rid of a lot of those mm-hmm. um, uhs and ums and and things like that that I spend a lot of time cutting out right now. Yeah, and I, what I think for the average guy on this now, you're 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 thinking about a production ready, so to speak, your production, yeah, yeah. production ready podcast. But I, I kind of think about you know the the average person taking a bunch of home video. Mm-hmm. And they might be you. You might have several different cameras going on. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe mom's got one and dad's got one or whatever, right? Yeah. And and the ability to bring those in over a day, sync it all with mm-hmm. timestamps, and then say to AI, "Hey, get the best." Like yeah, well, like make a video, make a home video for me. So to speak. Yeah. I'm using air quotes for home because that's what we used to call them. Nobody ever <laughs> says home videos anymore. <laughs> It's not even a thing anymore, (laughs) you know, and I think this is where AI actually gets really useful. You're not, you're just trying to take a bunch of video and bring it together and let AI make some sense Mm -hmm. out of it quickly. You, could you do that? Sure. Do at the end of a long day, do you want to throw a bunch of video together and edit it for three hours? No, just let AI kind of figure it out. Right. Yeah, oh, 100%. And, and I will say the the key to that success, and at least with uh, Autopod, and in my um, past with a lot of video editing, I have a background in, in doing a lot of that. And um, the audio is the key, which, uh, so even if it's scratch audio, record the audio, because that's what a lot of tools use to synchronize, like the different cameras is the audio. And that's, that's what clapboard, that's, that's what clapboards are for. You see them in movies. That's all they're, I mean, they're, they're syncing the audio between different cameras. You hear that? Yeah. We never sound? knew this thing, right. It was coming yeah. down was yeah. to give them. I, I never it's knew not. what that was for, but it's to give them that sync. Yeah. The the sync. Yeah. 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 It's a hundred percent what it is. Yeah. And, and so you can see that, I mean, you can see that in the waveform, but then the auto, you know, the automated tools read that premiere has a great synchronization tool um, between audio and, and video. And so you could pull those in, synchronize that it uses the audio track. You tell it which track you want to use, you know, as the primary to synchronize. Um, and yeah, it, it does a great job. So yeah, you can definitely do that yeah. for, for home videos, just speed, speed things up. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, you could think like, Hey, dump, you know, Hey, I got a, a bunch of stuff I took during the day, dump it in, synchronize yeah. it, and then make for me the best version. And, and man, you probably spin those out a couple of those to say, yeah, you make a couple of different versions of the day and yeah. sp- make it for five minutes and it'll, it'll generate something for you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Autopad has a few different options and it's brand it's in beta. It's like brand new. Right. Um, th- when I first signed up for it, uh, just even just, you know, a couple months ago, they, it was, they didn't have a, a direct downloading. It was a link to a Dropbox and that's how new they are. Right. So it's, it's brand new stuff. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm sure they're only going to add, uh, new features, but considering how new it is, it's, pr- I found it to be pretty solid. It, it's yeah. simple what it does it simple. I'm sure there's a lot of tech behind the scenes, but you know, it, it, but it does a pretty solid job and I'm, I'm excited to see what, where they go with it. Yeah. Well, Google's been messing with this for a while, not really from an AI perspective, but you used to be able to dump a picture, a bunch of pictures uh-huh. in and it would create a, you know, it create a um, video for you of things kind of coming in and out pretty simplistic. I, I would think with uh, you know adding um, adding the track, the audio track, and then it listening for things that are happening, like significant things that are happening in the conversation, in the video, and bringing those, getting the right camera and getting the focus in on it could be a one of those interesting kind of things where it could do that really well for you. 
I would think. Yeah, it, um, it doesn't. I haven't seen it do this yet, but with something because it's also brand new in Premiere. But Premiere yeah, has started right. to add in features uh, that Descript has with text-based editing, um, which the, with the latest version you can actually trans. I mean, you could transcribe it for a long time, but now you can take that transcription, edit the transcription, and then it cuts the video. And since Autopod is a is a Premiere extension right now, maybe they'll add more, but right now it's it's Premiere first. It would be really interesting to see if they start to take advantage of that to be able to say, oh, because then in the text you could have this is the important part I want to take you know, take advantage of, and then change the camera angles more in that section versus others, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, cool. yeah, and well, I could also see a place in in you know a lot of videos get edited this way now with the jump cut, yeah. but. I could see, okay, so I'm taking the hardest part about video is when I take the audio and I want to get the ums and ahs out of it. It's all mm -hmm. jumpy. Yeah. And I don't yeah. want to, I don't want yeah. jump cuts. I'm not yeah. looking for that. This is where I think when, you know, the deep fake technology, which has been abused in a lot of ways, but the deep fake to blend, to smoothen that out, to, to make it look like this is where I think it can be used for good, where yeah. it, it, takes that section goes back to a point goes to forward to a point then smooths out that edit so that it doesn't look like i i don't all of a sudden you know in the yeah. in the video i don't all of a sudden jump right but it's kind of a smooth transition to or you're looking at me is that already happening is that available today the way you're looking at me makes well, me think i can get it today <laughs> no i mean i think honestly i think an easier approach is to go back to old school uh video i mean what you're describing right there is the reason why b-roll exists oh, and true. so oh, you know true. Be, true. with true. Be, with ai being able to generate stuff like i think true. you could do it you know do some text inputs to be like you know generate me a video based on this i think that might be easier than deep fake uh, oh, if for no other reason than you start to get into uncanny valley where it's like it might be true. a little bit obvious true. that you have that that mm -hmm. cut mm -hmm. um yeah i mean no, I, I will we'll get to a point but point. i have a feeling the i have a feeling just cutting to b-roll <laughs> it's First thing yeah. I learned with video editing, B-roll right. is <laughs> B-roll covers the like multitude that. of sins. Oh yeah! Right? Oh yeah! yeah oh yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah! No, well, and so you know, the average listener to this show, you know, I'm just kind of thinking from an average guy perspective, you know, sure, sure. Uh, thinking, yeah, you may not have your own podcast or making your own movies or doing those kinds of things, but I think a lot of us we're taking a lot of video on our phones, we're doing things with the family, we're organizing that data, we're you know, we're uploading this to Facebook or whatever. And, and I think we're, we're going to get to a spot and there's a lot of tools to take care of it, but I think we're going to get to a spot where some of those tools are going to come down to the average guy. Right. And allow us yeah. to do some pretty simple, like, Hey, take this video and make some sense out of it, <laughs> you yeah. know, type deal. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think to you, you look at just the past with technology. I mean, the video editing or premiere or, or um, uh, Photoshop or, you know, something like that, that just think, you know, a few decades ago, the ability to edit photos was you got to manually cut them together. And, you know, cause you're working on film and things like yeah. that. And, yeah. um, I, you know, it's, it's only a matter of time. This yeah. stuff is going to get better. And then we just need to figure out how we're going to use it to speed up our workflows or to improve them. I mean, the, the time it takes to do things might take the same, take the same amount of time, but you just end up with a much better result. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, in the nineties, when I was in college, I went to a Christian liberal arts school, they had a radio station 
I did an interview. I sat with the producer who spliced that audio <laughs> together on one of those machines where they would listen. And okay, we got to cut it here. Pull it off, cut, cut, splice, boom, put it down, send it through, right? And um, yeah, and real to real. And yeah, digital was coming, but it was super expensive. This would have mm-hmm. been 94, probably 95. It was super expensive still. And like, think of what we do today in Descript. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and just how, how, how far we've come on that. So do you feel like, so with where technology is going now, do you feel like that'll allow you to keep up this pace? Are you going to try and keep up this pace of the amount of podcasts you produce? Or is it going to be something that's just a point in time and you'll go back to a more reasonable pace here in the future? <laughs> I like how you phrase that, more reasonable. <laughs> hey, I look at what you do and I'm like, man, that is a lot of work. <laughs> that is a lot. From a guy who does a weekly podcast, that's a lot of work. <laughs> um, so... I think I'll be able to. I mean, I haven't really incorporated. I've been playing with with the AI automation stuff uh, behind the scenes. So there, there definitely are ways that I'm able to get that done. A, a big part of that, like I mentioned, is batching and um, being able to work ahead. So at any given time, I'm working months ahead of time. Um, so that really helps. The, the weekly episodes, I can do all by myself. So I can do them at any time. And that really helps too. I've always, as far as the... I've gotten in in the rhythm of doing two interviews or so per month, but I've always said that I will have them when I get them done, which is usually based on other people's schedules. So there, there have been months where I only have one interview or um, some months I've had none. Um, And a lot of that boils down to when I'm able to schedule them based on, and then, you know, edit for that. So that was actually another smaller reason for doing the weekly episodes to make sure that I still have content coming out. Even if somebody's uh, schedule doesn't quite work, you know, with that. So it's a, I think I'll, yeah, I don't have an issue. I don't think I'll have an issue being able to maintain that pace. Um, The interviews are, have, have always been something that are very dependent on the guests and their schedules and when they're able to get them done. I try to do at least two a month, but Sometimes it doesn't work. Yeah. 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 You recently moved and mm-hmm. in a move, you, you, you discover a whole <laughs> bunch, like you're first of all, you're like, I have too much junk, right? <laughs> right. I have too much junk. Oh yeah. But it is an opportunity to either repeat the sins of the past or, or, or mend the sins of the past. Right. <laughs> and uh, listen, I'm guilty. I'm, I am super guilty of this. In fact, I have a new solar generator coming that I'm going to use as a UPS backup. And I have an opportunity to wire it in correctly. And I've been thinking lately, like, am I going to take the time to do it? Or am I just going to get so excited? I'm going to jam things in. Then once you have it working, you don't really want to mess with it, right? Okay. So you had an opportunity to do that. It sounds like you took the opportunity to maybe set the set things right. Did yeah. t- Tell me a little bit about the move and, and what did you fix? about your setup? Yeah, I, I mean, my uh, previous setup was very much what you <laughs> what you mentioned. I got <laughs> I got it working and then it was like, well, it works. Now I have work to do. Why would I change this? Because it works. Because as soon as I change one thing, it's I'm going to have to redo it all. Um, so in, in this move, I finally did something I've wanted to do for years. I had a, a I used to work at a company, a tech company, and um, 
kudos to to the guy who owned that company because he was super organized and he had little bins for everything. So if you needed a cable, go to the bit, go to the server room and you know there's a bin for every single type of cable. And I've always wanted to do that. I've just never taken the time to do it. So with this move, I finally did that. Um, it used to be where you know oh I need I need a new uh, USB C or a micro USB or you know whatever whatever the cable is. If I can't find one. I'm just going to order one on Amazon and it'll be here. Okay, that's cool. It'll be here tomorrow, later today or tomorrow, right? <laughs> yeah. it, depending yeah. on the yeah, time. Yeah. Right. Um, if I need it right away, I'll go to Best Buy or Walmart or something, right? Or, you know, one, right. Of, one of those places. Right. Right. And so <laughs> finally, I went through and I organized everything. I have it organized, you know, USB-C. Uh, I even had some micro. I have some, you know, USB-A. I, you know, all everything is organized. So if I need a cable... Um, I now have way too many cables <laughs> for each of those. They're organized, from the times that right? I bought them, but I'm organized. organized so, yeah. Exactly. So if I need them, and there have been times where I'm like, oh, you know what? I I need a cable. Go find it, and I just I just go get it, and it's it's been really nice. It's been did, really nice. Did you get like a bin organized? Did you get like Home Depot or Office Depot? Yeah, or I went to, I went to Target and basically Target. bought out all their little bins <laughs> <laughs> that they have. Um, I yeah. want, again, this was, um, maybe a little OCD, but I wanted them to all look the same too. So I wanted to make sure that yeah. they were all the yeah. same. Yeah. Um, I have two, so I have this, uh, recording set up in the, in this studio here, but I also have a photo studio in my place too. So I, cause I do photography. And so that was another part of it too, because some chargers are for, you know, photography stuff for cameras for, for that. And even with this, so, you know, the, the cameras that I'm using here, you can't see them because I'm using them, but the cameras here, it's a camera, but it's not my photography camera. That's a different one. So the chargers are different. So I wanted to separate everything instead of having everything in one place. And it's just been, it's been a, a mental relief to know, nice. okay, what is nice. this? I need this cable. It's, it's recording based or it's, it's tech based. Okay. It's over here. It's photography based. It's over here. And, and, being able to find it within, you know, a minute is, it's really nice. It's pretty, it's pretty great. Right. No, um, yeah. charging cables are a mystery to me. Like I still don't like, there's all these different standards and wattage and like, mm-hmm. I, I have and, a bin of miscellaneous. I will admit <laughs> that I have a, the, mostly the adapters. I mean, the cables themselves are, are usually, yeah. pr- if it's not USB, it, 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 if it doesn't plug into the, the, the box, then it doesn't work. Yeah. But I do have a bin of miscellaneous adapters um, that I've kept. And then I set a reminder for a year from now, if I don't open this up, get rid of them. Cause it means it's something that I haven't uh, used. That's a um, good idea. That, that's that sort of thing. It, there's also actually some tech that I have repurposed like a uh, old laptop, um, that I'm using for my printer server now. And, uh, a little micro PC that I'm using just to back up to back place, things like that, that, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't really using before cause it was old tech and it really, I didn't, but I was like, you know, if I'm going to move this, better have a purpose yeah. what can i use this for and mm. it's it's been nice yeah yeah well it's a good i think it's a good exercise i love that idea of a bin and tagging it like okay mm. i don't know what this goes to i'm going to take <laughs> a little piece of blue tape and i'm going to put today's date on it if i see this thing again and it's a year it's <laughs> yep. gone right yep. Yep. type deal now that takes you got to position things and have stuff you know, and I, I have, listen, I have a hard time letting go of stuff. I am looking at right now a stack of two and a half inch drives <laughs> from laptops that, <laughs> right? They range between 250 and maybe 500 gig. Yeah. So they're not that big. 
right? And they're, they're, maybe some of them are even 120. I can't get rid of them, Dan. Like I can't, like I, they, I, what I need to do is drive a nail through yeah. all of them and just, just turn them in, right? Get rid of them. But I have a hard time letting go of stuff like that. Any the hard advice? drives. Uh, yes. The hard drives. I'm right there with you. I, yeah. I kept the hard drives mostly because I, I know it's not just getting rid of them or recycling them. I need to do something else, you know, yeah. drive the nail through yeah. them or, you know, just right. to make sure. Um, and I have a lot of them. I have a lot of them too from like from my parents. My dad has passed away. And so I have all of his hard drives, right? And so it's one of those things too of just those, yes, I'm I'm kind of the same. I I have not not gotten rid of those. Some of those even then I have repurposed those. Some of them that I know when I went through them, I know they're newer. And so I know that they work. And so I have repurposed them yeah, for yeah. various things. Um, and that was nice too, because again, I there have been times where I need a hard drive because I know I'm going off on a, on a photo shoot and I, on set and I don't have enough space on my MacBook to store all this. So I need a hard drive. Uh, but uh, do I really have one that has enough space? Let me order one to make sure, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, yeah. That kind of thing. no, it's, I, the, the, the sins of my collections are right. I can see them like right in front of me and like, I still have a, you know, I have a light scribe DVD drive that's sitting that I can see it. I can see it for, am I ever going to put a light scribe DVD in a computer again and use it? Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Right. I would say, I, I guess you never know, but I, uh, mean. <laughs> I keep, I keep one around. I think we have a VCR around here as well. So, you know, oh, I um, yeah. Yeah. Well, we all listen, we all have our own technical debt problems right when we yeah. think about the things we keep uh, for whatever reason i am i am slowly you know one thing at a time getting rid of some stuff um in a move it's also a time and my my number two son is really good at this of redoing your cable management in a way that yeah. makes some sense did you get an opportunity in this move is it better now than it was before Oh yeah, for sure. So, <laughs> I'm maybe embarrassed to mention this, but like you, like you, you know, said before, you set it up and it works. Um, that's great. And then you have, you know, the cable that's just barely long enough. Like, you know, I can't move this monitor because if I move it, then it's going to unplug everything. Yeah. That kind of thing. And that's the way it was before. And so, um, I found I didn't have to. I, I had to buy a few cables um, that were longer, but really, I found some that were longer that just were amidst yeah. the stash of various yeah. things that gave me some more freedom. And that really helped uh, like with the setup you see behind me, you know, being able to move things around a little bit more, position them a little bit more, make things nicer, which yeah, I could have done before and I would have, you know, purchased more cables and, and done all that. But yeah. this was just as it, it did take some time. It took a few days to go through all that and sort it all out and organize it all and, and everything. But I think it was worth it. Mm -hmm. It just got to slow down. Yeah. You know, yeah. you got to take a moment once you get it all set up and say, here's my problem. I'm always yeah. monkeying around with things. Yeah. And so like, I, as soon as I tie things together, zip ties, whatever, I'm snapping them off to move some more things around. And then I'm like, <laughs> why am I doing this? If I'm just yeah. going to move it around all the time. Did you, did you deploy, did you like zip tie things? Did you use Velcro? Did you do anything to kind of. I I used to zip tie things like that. And then I found like, I didn't want to cut them because I would be afraid that I would actually cut the cable, no. <laughs> which I know is like, a, I mean, it's just 
again, a matter of slowing no, down. But no, then I was right, like, well, yeah, yeah, and then I would, yeah. like, do I really want to zip tie this again? Am I sure that I like this or should I wait for a week to, you know, make sure that I'm happy with this placement? And then I would just never get around to it. Yeah. Um, so I've switched more to the Velcro ties because it's not as, not the, not that the zip ties are, are permanent, but they feel more permanent to me. I have to get a, you know, scissor and cut it and then replace it and all that. Um, so I've switched more, more yeah. to that. The the other thing for me of getting cables up off the desk or whatever is just dust. And it's yeah. amazing how fast things get dusty. And mm-hmm. I don't know about you. I use those dusting wand things, you know, <laughs> yeah, you yeah, 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 put yeah. it on the end and then, yeah. and uh, man, it's so, it it is nice. I always keep one around, you know, you go to move something and you're like, Oh, oh my God, what's living back there? <laughs> you know, did, did, did yeah. somebody die back there? You know, type thing. Um, but it it gives me an opportunity. I always keep a few of those hidden stashed in various spots so that when I'm pulling computers apart or whatever, I can quickly wipe off at least surfaces, right? You know, and then sometimes uh, get it. We have a little, little shop vac thing that then I can put a brush on the front, maybe brush off the... Mm-hmm the the dust the filters or whatever to get that done but so you found did you find you did you are you keeping to your cable management in the new place and does it feel good and is it easy to maintain so far yeah um like i said it's only really been a couple months um and so so far i have i mean the the biggest changes that i've made are like adding the lights in the background that you can see there i didn't have yeah. those when i first moved in um that was in, another thing i had to indirect, figure out with the lighting right? in the new space huh those are all indirect in other words you've got them behind things or pointed at the wall or these guys yeah 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 those are all accents so you can't right. see but in front i've got lights because i've got uh, photo and video lights and stuff like that i've got right. led panels that are that are doing light on me right. um so I, but I, again, I, I just kind of had to rethink it all, which means, you know, rethinking things. There, I'm sure there's stuff that I'll want to change. It's just the nature of it. But no, for sure. Uh, but, are, you know, for now, I'm happy with it. Are you using any uh, Amazon devices or any smart controls thinking about plugs for your monitors? I mean, I can I have my monitors grouped by studio and Gallup, right? I have a work. This is work this way. This is me this way or in the studio, yeah. right? So I can say, "Hey, a lady, turn on, you know, turn on the Gallup monitors, or yeah. turn on the." Do, did you? Are you using any automation for that? Not in here, and by choice, because I don't want something to accidentally go off while I'm recording. Um, also, because I do have a, a video doorbell, and I don't want somebody to push that <laughs> and have it go off, you know, in in here. Um, I I would probably hear. I do have. I use uh, Google stuff, so you know the net, Nest and things like that. So I might hear it um, in the other room if somebody did do that. But uh, I don't have anything in here for that. I do use things uh, around you know the TV and the living room stuff like that for for automation to turn things on and off and, and things like that. But I tried to keep it pretty s- manual in here on purpose. Uh, so I do. I have everything organized by power strips instead. And so the power strips are what I turn on oh, off. So when I walk in here into the office, if I know I'm going to be recording, I turn those on. Otherwise I haven't, the overhead light is not on right now, but I could just flip that on yeah. if I'm just working in here. But if I'm actually need the lighting, I have it all set up power strip, turn it on. And then, you know, it, it's all manual. So that way there's yeah. not a interruption that I'm not used to. <laughs> yeah, no, right on, right on. Uh, I have, I've actually used power strips, but I've put them into 
um, smart switches. The smart switch, yeah, yeah. And so, like the Gallup monitors, my work monitors that I use, they're all on a power strip, and then they all go into a, so I can say, turn on the Gallup monitors, and yeah. boom, they all come on. Right. I do find that super helpful, and I've got a home automation touch screen down here on the desk. It does make it easier to get everything shut off at night, you know. Boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. It shuts off the overhead lights, studio lights go off, monitors all go off. Really, there's just one thing left, and that's the home automation touch screen. Then I just there's that's actually a manual button on top. And I just turn that off and everything for the most part. I mean, computers are still on, those kinds of sure. things, but but works that way. Sounds like you're and I get why you're not doing that because you don't want them. I, I get that Saturday mornings when I'm podcasting with Dave Jackson. <laughs> uh, HelloFresh is delivered always, yeah. always yeah. during the show. And I hear in the, the Amazon device <laughs> on this side right here. Yeah. And it goes ding dong. Yeah. You know, someone's at the front door and you're like, I didn't need to know that, but I want to know it during the day. I guess sure. I could shut it off on Saturdays. But, well, but it's yeah. a member of remembering it. And that's, that's, that's my thing. I mean, my show is not live. Um, but most of the guests that I have, it's, I have them for a certain period of time and that's it. And so I try to respect their time, um, and not have things go off in the middle of it. And so it's more my own thing of, if I have something in here that might go off, I'm not going to remember that it's, that it's turned on. And that just means it's my luck. It's just going to go off. (laughs) And so I'm just, I'm just going to remove all that. Yeah. Um, Murphy's law, right? Murphy's law. Yeah. I also don't spend most of my time working in here, to be honest. Um, I actually remote in. So these computers are my most, so I use them, but I remote into them from other parts of the house. So, um, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It looks good for not using it. It looks really good. I mean, there's times where I do come in here. I used to use it a lot more. Um, I still use the power of it. Like I do, I do remote into it. Um, but my, my cat wouldn't agree with me if I was in here all the time. Got it. And so I have to go out there and, you know, s- spend time with him and, and yeah, no, uh, right on that, that yeah, way. He's not scratching at the door all the time. Pets are important. Pets, yeah. pets are, pets are very, very, very important. So yeah, no, no worries. He, he go almost ahead. knocked one of these over. That's why he's not allowed in here. That, that's why <laughs> that that's why. So it's one of those, it's not like I would let him in here. He used to be able to come in the studio, but he almost, uh, there were, yeah three different instances of him turning off the computer in the middle of things and losing work. And then he almost broke them up. So I was like, okay. Yeah. You wonder, you know, they're so graceful in other ways, but then <laughs> your things like you would think <laughs> that button is really hard for a human to push. I know. And they I, somehow yeah. on accident mm-hmm. turn yeah. off your computer. There you Those cats, they're, they're, they're way smarter than we give them. <laughs> Um, Dan, anything else that you learned in the move from a technology perspective? Th- those oftentimes really clarify things for us. Like a move is one of those clarifying moments where you're like, yeah, I'm not taking that with me. But anything else in the move that uh, that, that that you learned or that improved your tech? Um, I think more for me, it was finding ways to reuse things that I already had. Um, because I, I did have a lot of tech, uh, the computer that I used to use to record, um, now is actually, I repurposed that and now it's in my uh, photography studio. And so, um, in there I can, I can see the, the shots live, right. Being able to preview those live, you know, with, with whoever I'm shooting. And so, 
doing that and then I used a, a, a computer that I really wasn't using that much that was a custom build that I did like back in 2010. I've upgraded it a few times, um, but that's my recording computer now and because it's a little more powerful. Than it. So it's just re, just repurposing things really. It, it kind of took it took a forced me to take a step back and be like, what am I using this for? Can I reuse it? Or if not, I'm going to get rid of it. I got rid of some things that I'm not using anymore. Kept the things that I am. Do you, do you have a hard time getting rid of cables? Like I keep, I always think cables, oh, yeah. I'm going to need this. I'm going to need cables. This. Yeah. Cables. Yeah. yeah. I can't tell you how many like XLR cables I have from, <laughs> from things where really like from here yeah, to, yeah, to, to the yeah. mixing board is that's pretty much the XLR need that I have. But I have, you know, from, I used to do live video shoots and stuff like that. And, and, you know, go all the way across the room, like hundred foot. I have, I have a hundred foot uh, HDMI cable that I bought for, for a, <laughs> Isn't like, that the max I, of it's HDMI? the max? It is. It, it is the max, right? It was a live stream. It, they wanted to live on the um on the screen there, right? And so where my camera was set up, it had to be over there. And so got the max that that we could to get as far as I could for the for the angle, um, and it worked great. I haven't used it since, but it's a hundred foot HDMI. I I mean I don't know. Maybe I'll need it sometime. <laughs> no, leave it in a box somewhere, and then yeah. when you actually need it, you're not going to be able to find it. You know, well, but see, yeah. now I've organized things, so I can find it yeah, if I need okay. to. Well, I don't know if I'll need to, but yeah. I can. <laughs> I, listen, I have enough XLR, and I don't even do that anymore. I used to DJ weddings and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and then you know I used to uh, travel with some musical groups. So I have enough XLR cables. I could circle the house, uh, <laughs> in them, literally, maybe twice. Yeah. And I'm like, I yeah. why? But I have the hardest time letting that kind of stuff. I need to donate them to somebody or give them away or like, hey, I took, I did take some to work. And actually, I have a whole bunch of work sitting in a bag that I'm like, I'm never going to use these things. I just need to get, you know, and they're so cheap. Well, things are more expensive than they were before, but relatively, they are still pretty cheap, you know. Yeah. When you go to get them. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so last week's show, um, I had Marv B on here. We were talking about UPSs at the end of the show, and I had a question for him. I'll ask you. You've got a lot of gear. How do you have that? How do you how do you have the power part backed up? What do you What are you using? You're not just straight plugging it in, or what are you using for UPSs? Um, I'm using um, well for not on everything. Pretty much mostly just the box. Um, is what I have the UPS on. So it's just an, an old APC. Realistically, there were ones that um, the tech company that I worked for, when they shut they shut down the office, um, they were just, it was easier for them to just throw everything out. So yeah, the IT them. guy was like, yeah. you know, just take whatever yeah. you want. And so I grabbed some of those. Um, and I don't have, I have one monitor. So the primary monitor plug into it. Um, not, and then the, the box and that's it. Um, other stuff because, because I, with the um, power strips that I have for like the lights, I'm pointing at them, but the lights and the cameras and all that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. um, because those power strips are only plugged in when I'm in here to record. Uh, I don't use any sort of a backup or anything on those. I don't really feel like I need that for the time they're on. You don't have in the short time you've been living there, you haven't had any power fluctuations or sometimes the power drops for a moment comes back. That was a real common problem here where I live for, they fixed it. They've since fixed that. We had an underpowered transformer that they upgraded. I don't know, six, seven years ago. 
Yeah. Yeah. And that, 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 you know, we're a fifties neighborhood. Ah. So I think we were still on a 50 transformer. <laughs> Not used to that. Probably yeah, this kind of tech you have now. We would blow that thing. You know, the neighborhood yeah. would blow, get real hot. And we just blow that thing every hot evening yeah. with just air conditioners, right? Type yeah. deal. Um, we've got better with that. Well, okay. I'm not trying to guilt you. Say, I'm not trying to get, say you should have no. more. It works for you, right? For what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've got the essentials basically to where, um, if the power goes out, then I'll have enough time to shut it off. Yeah. And that's yeah, pretty, yeah. that's pretty much how it is. Um, I, in this area, there's not as much, as many issues as where I used to live. I used to live in tornado alley in Oklahoma city. Yeah, so yeah. like we well, have uh, news flash, you're not that far away from well, fair point, you're in fair Tulsa, point. right? Okay. That, yeah. In Tulsa. That, yeah. That's true. Although here it, it's, it's far enough. And this is something when I worked uh, for the department of defense, um, we had a, meteorologist came in one of the safety briefings and he basically explained that uh oklahoma city is is kind of unique because being in tornado alley because of you know the cool air from the rockies and the gulf of mexico the warm air from the gulf of mexico just happens to hit right over okc which is why you get all those storms so we get storms here but they're not nearly the amount or like it's not that the hail the tornadoes um Mm -hmm. almost every single time i mean there's still a chance of course but it's Every storm in OKC has a chance of being hail or tornado. Yeah, Yeah. big. And so pretty much any storm, you know, I got into the habit there. When there was a storm that was coming, I would, even my my, uh, UPS, I would unplug everything. Just unplug everything. I'm not going to mess with it. Just unplug it. I'm just not doing anything until the storm's over. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's good. That's good and safe. I've often thought about that. I did, I have put a whole house UPS, something you probably wouldn't be able to do in an apartment, but I have a whole house UPS that's, that they, they warranty, I don't know, 50 grand or hundred thousand dollars, something like that in equipment. So I feel like, cause I used to do the same thing. Listen, you're not that far South from me. I I can be (laughs) there in six hours Yeah, and it goes, you know, basically goes Tulsa, Topeka, Omaha in a straight line right up the Midwest and those storms come straight up from yeah, Oklahoma yeah, city. Yeah. You You're get them. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Ryan. Who's in, in, uh, in Topeka, he gets them next yeah, and then yeah. we get them after them. And, and we know that's not the way it works, but it's pretty close. Um, so for a while I too was unplugging things. We get a storm. I put the whole yeah. house surge protector on here, which they come and put a ground and I feel pretty confident about that. Um, uh, but as we learned last week, I've been really trying to get down to a one UPS for all the equipment, right? Mm. And that that's possible on a on a UPS battery backup from you know APC or um, Trip Trip. Mm, what's the name of it? Trip Line? No. Trip Light. No. Trip Light. Yeah, it is, is Trip Light. Okay. Military's got a contract with them. Those were all in the military. Those were all the uh, power strips we got were from them. But um, I think now we're to the point where I can do this on one of these new solar generators. And so I talked about it with Marv last week. And what I need is about 600 to 900 watts total. And then with with a solar generator, I get this idea, like those batteries in the UPSs are pretty small. The batteries in yep. the solar generators much larger, and so, you know, I get about uh, you know on a twelve hundred watt inverter, I get about a thousand watt hours. 
I'm using about six to 800, which means I get about 45 minutes then to, to cut things over. Sure. And so, and that's with all my monitors, that's nine monitors. That's crazy to think, right. Of like, wow, I could run things that long. So this week, Marvin, I talked about it last week, but this week I went out. Um, so on Friday, I just said, you know what? I'm going to figure this thing out. So on Friday, I picked up a portable power station from a company called Ugreen. Talked a little bit about this on Ask the Podcast Coach on Sun on Saturday, last Saturday. It arrives tomorrow, and I'm super geeked out about it. Dan, to your point, this would be a great opportunity to install it slowly and get some yeah. good cable management in at this point. <laughs> Because so a 1200 watt inverter, so plenty, it'll cover everything. I need all the computers that are down here. The goal was to be able to, uh, have one plug to unplug it and plug it into the generator basically to cover me while I'm cutting over the house from, from grid power to, to generator power. 45 minutes. Yeah. I can do that in 45 minutes. And if it's going to be longer, I can always start shutting some monitors down to, you know, you know, (laughs) triage your monitors to serve. (laughs) They take a little bit. I mean, having nine or 10 now, I think is what I have. (laughs) Um, uh, takes a little bit of juice, but this, this you green new company, they're like anchor. They came from the battery. They came from the phone charging side of things and then have started making these, um, these solar, um, ge- now they're calling them solar generators cause you can power them with that. So I'm pretty pumped. It's got a light on it where, uh, here, uh, you can, when I lose power, I can just hit a button. Light comes on light will stay on in emergency mode. So even if the batteries are mostly depleted, light will still work, which is kind of cool. Um, you can charge your cell phones and I'm going to use it as a charging station here. I'll primarily use it as a pass through though. So it's going to be on the grid most of the time passing the power through the battery. If the power goes out, it'll, it's got a 20 millisecond cut over. So just like a UPS, everything else, everything else should stay up uh, long enough for me to, uh, to make the cut over. It's, it's a little weird thinking I'm buying a portable power station to be fixed in the basement. And in theory, in the future, say we did have an emergency and I needed to use this for something else. I could just power down my computers unplug the three plugs that I have plugged into this thing, all those power strips and take it with me. Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, I don't know what, I, as I, as I show this to you, what, what do you think? What kind of questions do you have? Or what does it, does it raise any questions for you? Uh, well, the first thing, I think I have some batteries from you green for my camera. I think I've got yeah, some, I bet um, you do. Part, yeah. Yep. Um, there's, I guess there's, there's two, questions that I don't have initially one you kind of address with the portability like if it usually things that are mobile and portable end up costing a little bit more and so do they have a solution that's you know can do the same thing if you're not going to be moving it around and then the other part is you know you talk about the nine monitors my question is are you powering basically your setup there are you powering the entire house oh yeah that's a great question thanks for that clarification yeah no just the just the computers this is only designed to get my computers so fridges and that kind of stuff uh boy a fridge can go a couple hours without power and it'll everything will stay cold in it we actually have um, hello fresh cold packs in the freezer <laughs> that we can move around. <laughs> that's your, uh, that's your backup for the- <laughs> that's my backup. Hello fresh <laughs> cold packs. No, they work great. Right. You freeze them. They're flat. They, yeah, no, they, use them, yeah. yeah, they're awesome. Yeah. 
Um, so in theory, I can keep the fridges running for a while. Now it is powerful enough. Let's just say, for example, uh, I needed to go full solar. Like if my generator crapped out my power, my gas generator, and I need to go full, this thing would run my fridges for at least a half a day. I have two. So I would shut the computers down. The priority is food, not computers. But so I'd shut the computers down. I'd take the 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 solar generator, plug the fridges in after a couple hours. It, and in theory, I could run some solar panels out and get in charge it that way if I wanted to. That's pretty extreme. And I'm not a prepper. I'm not getting ready for the end of the world. And there's not going to be zombies. But it's just one of those things like here in the Midwest, you're just talking about this. We get yeah. these storms yeah. from time to time. Yeah. And it drives me, there's a couple things that drive me crazy. And one of them is knowing my food is spoiling. Like I can't, I can't take it. I just, I lose my mind. I, 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 and so having that peace of mind, this solar generator from Ugreen, thousand dollars retail, they're running $200 off. That coupon code is super easy to use and I'll put it in the show notes. I don't have an affiliate link. Dave was like, set up an affiliate link on Saturday when we were talking about this. And I'm like, I haven't even tested it yet. Like I don't wanna, <laughs> Do you want to? <laughs> I don't know if I'm recommending this, but it works so well from a gadget perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, so, so I are you going to completely replace your UPS with yes. that or? Okay. Yes. Okay. So one, it will be one, one UPS. Of, yeah. What are you going to do with the other UPS? Is that for the fridge then? Well, one broke. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one, okay. one broke. This is what, this is the decision process I had to make. Oh, it was okay. like, I'm going to spend $250 on another UPS. Yeah. Like, should I just be and the, the other UPS is the same age. So you're uh, like, okay. And I've replaced the batteries three or four times in both yeah, of yeah. them. And you're like, okay, at some point they're going to go. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm more, I'm some $500 in. Do I, do I want to do something different? And I looked at one of the kind of one of the pure sine wave UPSs that I need for the generator. Cause the, the cheap, UPSs can't run off a generator. The 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 power signal's not good enough and it trips the breaker every time, right? Okay. So I need a good one. What's well, 900 bucks? And it, for yeah. the for one I would need and it wouldn't last but you know, 20 minutes, maybe 15 in case of a power the one I was looking at, the $900 one I was looking at gave me 15 minutes of time. This gives me almost an hour. Hmm. This has a 5-year warranty. And the batteries are are the the lithium phosphate whatever they are I forget the, the name of those. Um, they're rated for three thousand cycles, so that's okay. You know, if I cycled it every day, which I won't in this yeah. case, but if I did, you know, I does it drain it at all as you're using it as a pass through? No, no, no. It's a complete pass through. There's okay. some. There, listen, there's some battery. But you're not, you know, you're not drawing it down and bringing it up and drawing it right. down and bringing it up, right. right? It just stays charged. That's not always the best. That will probably be, I'll, I'll probably from time to time disconnect it and let yeah. it charge down and then plug it back in and let it charge yeah. back just to test it. Yeah, yeah, that would be my thing is, yeah, I, I mean, it's great. And then when you actually need it, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, the question yeah. will be, and I'll want to know, yeah, how much time do I have? Yeah. So, I'll get things powered up in a normal situation and I'll just unplug it <laughs> and then I'll, yeah. and I'll, cause listen, I've lost my computers. If they just shut off, it's not the end of the world. Everything right. recovers just fine. Yeah. I'm, I don't have files sitting out there waiting. You know, I'm, I'm not like you or I might have big edits and be in the middle of something where 
a power outage, I might lose a bunch of stuff, you know. Even then, software these days does a pretty good job of recovering yeah. most things yeah. I've yeah. found. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's yeah. times, but yeah. Yeah, I think we've gotten we've gotten to that point. Yeah. So yeah, I'll at some point. So it comes in tomorrow. I'll do some cable management to get some things. It's got three grounded outlets in it. Are you going to prioritize those? Like yeah. uh, just thinking of you yeah. have, you know, the monitors, right? So like outlet number one, if I need more time, I unplug this and that oh. is the, the first five monitors to give me more time. That kind of thing. Yeah. That is a great idea. Yeah. No, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. I should. I a little thing. This will buy yeah. you an extra 15 minutes. This will buy you an extra. <laughs> Yeah. No, well, certainly <laughs> there's, kind of yeah, yeah. There's things I probably don't need that I can say, okay, in this situation, unplug this, unplug this, everything else will keep running. So, yeah. you know, power goes down and then you need a few minutes to kind of figure out, okay, is it going to come back up Yeah. or, and then think, okay, it's going to take me X number of minutes to get the generator fired up and plugged in. For me, I, I, when the power went down two weeks ago, it's about a 20 minute job for me to, to get things up and running. But I love that idea of then thinking through and marking those wires with unplug this one first, because these are non-critical monitors, like the work, the work monitors could probably be on the one that gets unplugged first. Yeah. Right. That, yeah, it's a good idea. I'll be curious when you get that set up, I'll be really curious. Um, also from a sound perspective, you know, um, UPS generally don't, thinking of you know from a recording perspective too like it doesn't really pick up that much but something more powerful if if there's something there that is that is more i'll be curious just yeah that's always something i'm conscious of you know adding extra noise into this room me too me too yeah and i have i have a little bit in here it's not too bad um but since it's only passing through in most cases it shouldn't invoke the fan right right the battery should stay pretty cool We'll yeah. see. Yeah. We'll see. I'll, I'll report back. Yeah. I'll be really curious to hear how that goes. Yeah. I'll, I'll report back. I'm, this is one of those things I'm kind of excited about. You know, I was like, yeah. Ooh, this is going to be anytime I can consolidate anytime I can organize, you know, like I, it yeah. felt pretty good for you to get your cables organized. Yeah. Anytime, because I'm a, I, I, I just power is one of those things for me. Like electricity, I should say is one of those things for me. Uh, I just like, I want to make sure it works, you know? So, yeah. And it is a great chance, almost like moving. I mean, it, you're essentially moving things to a new outlet. So you're essentially moving things and it's a good chance to, to organize yeah. things and make sure that you have things, uh, yeah. the way that you want them set up. It's a good chance to, to slow down to do that. Yeah. And you can, like yeah. you can, I, we, yeah. when I consolidated down, I used to have four or five UPSs and I consolidated everything down to two big ones. I kind of took my time and labeled some things and labeled the ends of the cables. Hey, this goes to this, um, power strip, you know, one, one on the end, one on the power strip. So I kind of knew, cause you forget that stuff. Yep. Right? Yep. <laughs> and, um, and so I kind of did some of that. So I kind of know where things are now, but this will certainly simplify the, when the power goes down, I literally just, you know, take the generator out, turn it on, plug the generator into the house, plug the extension cord into the outlets that are in the house, bring it back here, plug the, the, the solar generator or the UPS into that. And I'm kind of hoping I don't miss a beat. Yeah. 
right? It's kind of the key. The rest of the house is all, you know, I've got, I, I move a few plugs around and things come on and, um, you know, we have enough fans to, we have emergency lights. We're a little crazy. We have emergency lights, little pop-up lights that like little gadget lights that you just pop them up and they come on. Okay, We've got yeah. those around the house. You can just grab one and, you know, if the power goes off. So, um, yeah, yeah. So I'm kind of excited to be here tomorrow and, uh, I'll spend, eh, I probably won't do it before I ask the podcast coach on Saturday. I'll probably get through that and then do it Saturday night or, or, okay. um, or so I do need, the first thing I'm going to do is take the generator out, start it, plug this thing into the generator to make sure it's not popping the circuit. On yeah. The generator. Yeah. And then the last thing I need to do on my generator is ground it. You know, I've got one of those portable generators. You can just wheel it around. But what people don't realize is that's not grounded. <laughs> and so, <laughs> right, if in our world, if electricity's got to go somewhere, it's going to go. If it's going to hit and go out, it's going to take the path of least resistance, which in sometimes is your networking equipment. <laughs> and so, yeah. So the other thing I need to do is install a ground out where I store the generator so that when I bring the generator out, I can just bring the clip over, just ground it and be done with it type deal. Yeah. Yeah. So if we get a surge and it's going to go out that way, it's going to go back out through the generator and down into the ground type deal. Yeah. No, I mean, it sounds like you've, you've got it all, the plan figured out, you know, it's one yeah. of those things of uh, actually be curious. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's always how it goes, right? You know, will yeah. it actually work? And are you going, are you planning on what sort of tests are you planning on running before plugging your sensitive equipment into it? Or are you just going to? Um, well, no, I think I'm just going to plug them in and, and fire just test them on production. Just go. I think so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, it's a good, that's a good point. I've got some, I got a couple machines that I use pretty much just for crypto stuff that probably bring those up first. Okay. Because yeah. if I lose those, it's not the end of the world. I, right. I don't want it frying my Mac mini. Right. You know? Right. <laughs> so. I mean, it'd, my, be a, it'd be an expensive lesson yeah. <laughs> on that if it happens. Yeah. It hopefully it doesn't, but yeah. I, it, it's a pretty good piece of equipment. I've seen a lot of tests with it. There's a, quite a few YouTube videos out there. Yeah. So. I'm not too worried about, it, but that's another good point of like, you know, thinking through the order of operation of like, okay, cause I can put it in and I can move things over in blocks. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, so it's yeah. good, good, the good point. Uh, Dan, thanks for coming on tonight. What's coming up. I know, I think you're on Chernobyl three. So we have four and five still coming. Anything else you want to highlight on, uh, yeah, the first uh, th- so the first episode after the Chernobyl series, I, um, episode five is coming out next week, and then the next um, next thing I'm doing something a little bit different. It was I had a chance to chat with uh, George Stevens Jr., who is um, he worked on like the Diary of Anne Frank from 1959. You know, he's a, a classic Hollywood guy. So um, had a chance to chat with him, not just about the historical accuracy of a movie, but some of the history of Hollywood itself. So it was fascinating to get to talk to him and try try a little bit of a, you know, something different and, yeah. and yeah. see how that goes. That's good. We're always looking for something different to do sometimes. You know, you're like, eh, I've done this for a while. It'd be kind of Interesting. You know, the history of Hollywood, it's a make-believe industry. Yeah. And so who knows what the real history is sometimes. <laughs> you know, you hear these things behind the scenes and you kind yeah. of think, did that really happen? 
And well, it's you know. it's fascinating. I mean, um, just to give a, a little bit of insight into some of the conversation we had. So his father, also George Stevens Sr., um, landed on the beaches of Normandy during D-Day, and he was the one that was uh, shooting footage during uh, tasked by Eisenhower to shoot footage um, during the war in Europe. So some of his footage, like visiting Dachau and, and the concentration camps, like proved the Holocaust happened in Nuremberg. And um, and then after the war, George Stevens Jr., um, the man that I interviewed, found some of the color footage that his, that his father shot that was just kind of behind the scenes stuff that nobody had ever seen. All the stuff that was officially shot was black and white and they colorized it later on. But, you know, so just fascinating some of these things of, you know, how Hollywood has been involved in history and and those different aspects. And so it was a, yeah. it was a great conversation and I'm looking forward to hearing how people, what people think of it. As a photographer, would you, would you be interested in filming a conflict, you know, a military conflict behind the scenes or would you rather just stay away from it? Altogether? Well, I'm not, a, I mean, I haven't really been shot at in war, but I don't yeah. know that I would be a fan of that. Yeah. Um, I think the other, another aspect of it, um, something like like world war ii it's one of those things where i don't know if i could i i guess i didn't ask this question of but i don't know if anybody could say ahead of time like yes i want to do that i don't think anybody really wants to do that but it's you know it's a duty and and when this yeah. whole when the entire world is at war you know it, do you step up and you yeah do what you're called to do what then you know the world is asking you to do. Um, I don't think anybody really chose. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, I, I, I do. I mean, I do think of people going to document civil wars or yeah. they go, right. They, sure. they purposely put themselves in harm's way to, to document. Yeah. And, and they do it willingly, you know, or they do it out of. Um, I think it's, I mean, it's important. Um, it's important to document that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, in the example of, you know, the um, fellow that I talked to, uh, if his father had not documented some of those things to happen in the concentration camps, it was like he edited it together afterwards for the trials at Nuremberg, you know, to prove that these things happened. It wasn't just things, you know, reports that people were saying, like, here's the footage, the documented proof that these atrocities happened. And sometimes we need to be able to see those things. So it is it is important for sure um, whether or not I would do that. I would like to think that I would. Um, I also would like to hope that I'm never in a situation yeah. where I would have to. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and you think of things like that movie from the 80s or 70s, Capricorn One, with the whole premise was that it never really happened. And, of course, they used Hollywood to cover it up or to make it not covered up, but to make it seem like it happened, right? And so you have some of that sometimes in these situations. You have some of the oh, no, that was just, that was make-believe. That actually, even though we have it on film, that was just Hollywoodized or that was just, yeah. you know, that was just, that was just made up. So I always, it's with hard. A, with it's AI, hard. it'll be interesting too. I mean, yeah. w with that moving forward, I think yeah. we're reaching with audio and video something that f photos have been for a while, like with the advent of Photoshop and that, you know, and um, in that. And so I think it's, it will be interesting to see the steps in place that um, technology will be able to determine what was automatically generated, what has been edited, what has been been there. Yeah. 
yeah. um, some of the metadata, I would assume, is how they would do that kind of thing, you know, for generation to to tag that. But yeah, for every AI generated, there should be an AI that can detect. There should be. You know, there should be. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if that's true. It's I sound, mean, there should be. I like the theory. <laughs> it sounds super uh, uh, optimistic. Who, yeah. who, who, who knows? Well, Dan, thanks for spending some time uh, with me. Of course, Dan also sponsors the Coffee Pour on mm-hmm. Ask the Podcast Coach on Saturday mornings. You can see uh, the mug that we use. But thanks for that mug. By the way, I think it's lasting. That's awesome. I use that mug for everything. So thanks for... I've got one too. I love it. <laughs> awesome. It yeah, it's awesome. great. But you can join us on Saturday mornings, uh, askthepodcastcoach.com slash live, and you can get to that. Dan, can you hang out for one second while I close the show up? Is yeah, that okay? for sure. Okay. Yeah. Couple reminders on the way out. One, if you want to join us for the continued conversation or whatever you want, join us in Discord, theaverageguy.tv slash Discord. Leave us a message like Kyle did at the beginning of the show, homegadgetgeeks.com. Just let me know that you left a message so that you can send me an email, Jim at theaverageguy.tv. Say, hey, I left a message. Although I did get the email that the message was left. So it was good. But I just like to cover my bases. Um, don't forget, get secure, reliable, high speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. And of course, if you need uh, if you need a hosting plan, Christian's got you covered. Check it out, MapleGrovePartners.com. He's got plans for as little as ten dollars a month to get you started. We mentioned it a few times, but if you're not eating very well either, HelloFresh is the way to go. I have a code. Uh, head out to theaverageguy.tv/hellofresh. Get one hundred and ten dollars off your. That's a lot of money off your first five boxes and give it a try. It's changed the way I eat, and I eat a lot better, and I've learned to actually cook a lot better. Than I have in the past. Check it out today. TheAverageGuy.tv slash HelloFresh. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern. By the way, uh, Nathaniel sent me a note this week, Lindley, and said, hey, whatever you do, don't quit. I really like it. So we'll keep going, Nathaniel, just for you. Uh, and I'm not saying that. I mean, I really I appreciate that. I, it Sometimes, Dan, you know this. You, oh, yeah. you send this stuff out into the ether, and you're like, does anybody even care? Is anybody listening? And so always, always great to hear from folks. Um, next week uh, is my birthday week and I'm taking the week off. So no show next week. I'm celebrating my birthday every day. Happy cheers. birthday. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> cheers to you as well. I'd be proud of you doing a few of these, maybe a few more than I should. Uh, Bob and Ryan are back the week after that from, uh, from Think Computers. And uh, we'll spend some time doing that. And then, of course, Gallup has their big summit the week after that. So couple on again, off again, but we're usually here every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out here at theaverageguy.tv slash live. Join us live. Love to have you out there. Big thanks to uh, John who showed up and Tony didn't. I'm kind of starting to think they're the same person because they're never in the same place <laughs> at the same time. It's like time. Superman and Clark Kent. They're n- never yeah, in the same room. The t- <laughs> they, are they really separate identities on Twitter? I'm not <laughs> sure. They they talk to each other on Twitter, but maybe it's the same. Maybe it's the same person. So, Tony, John, you guys would shock me if you actually came to the show together for a change. Brian was here a little bit earlier. KDJ came out and joined us. Uncle Marv did as well. Uh, we'd love to see you uh, come out and join us. If you're listening live, we probably won't do much of a post show because it's kind of late. But with that, we'll say goodbye. <laughs>